0: Hey, welcome to the Behind the Screen Podcast. I'm Andy Benoit, my good friend, Greg Cosell. We're both in Vegas, but we are in different rooms, uh, according to uh, per the demands of the technical department at 33rd Team. Greg, you're at Mandalay Bay, you said, with the uh, all the NFL people.
1: I am at Mandalay Bay, which is a beautiful thing, because that's where the
0: uh, media center is. So I can walk to the media center. It's beautiful. Yeah, you. Lo- that's the, that's the kind of convenience Greg Cosell goes for. You don't strike me as a big Vegas guy.
1: Uh, no, you know, this was the first time I've been in Vegas probably in 20 years. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't mind it, you know, but, uh, I wouldn't say it's one of my destinations. I have to get to Vegas.
0: Yeah. I, I got you. You know, do you remember you and I went to Atlantic city once? I do. Yeah. Yeah. What was that yeah. event? I, uh, that was Ron Jaworski's. Yes. It was in June. I think. Well, yes, what yes. it was, in? it was his, uh,
1: the night before one of his golf outings when he did his dinner.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know that was that was fun so we've been to the big gambling spots on both sides of the country now what's uh, let, let's go 49ers offense here does that work for you I assume we want to talk football at some point
1: yeah we can do 49ers offense there's so many intersecting pieces to this as you know uh, so yeah we'll start with that and it will take us into you know many different
0: areas all yeah. right I'll, I'll just I'm gonna throw out a statement as a jumping off point okay and then you can take it from there here's the statement. Obviously, these are this is a great offense versus a great defense, like tr- maybe the best and the best here. 49ers are designed to beat you outside on the ground, inside through the air, and I don't know if there's a defense more equipped to combat that stylistically than Kansas City with the way their corners tackle and blitz and with the way they play the split safety looks.
1: I think as a general statement, that's extremely fair. Um, so the big question is, that I have is you were dealing in some ways with, with two offenses. We'll stay with the, the Niners in a second, but with two offenses that have been somewhat antithetical to the way we envision the NFL these days as a, as a league of 11 personnel where three wide receivers are their sort of foundational principle by which his offense plays. That's not the case with these two teams. Um, maybe the Niners more so, but they do, foundationally start with 21 personnel. So they're going to play with the fullback use check. They pretty much play with him in all normal down and distance situations. And that's not a hundred percent, but pretty much that's their percentage yeah. and their probability. So um, the, the, there's a couple of questions here. And the first one is, Will the will the chiefs always line up in their base defense versus 21 personnel? That's the first question. The second mm-hmm. question is, what will their fronts look like against that? You know, there's a part of me that almost thinks back to Bill Belichick matching up to the Rams offense in the Super Bowl, that 13-3 Super Bowl, and a part of me that thinks you could even see a 6-1 front at times out of their 4-3 personnel where they put Leo Chenal and Willie Gay on the edge and just have um, – uh Nick Bolton as the stack backer and play a kind of a quarters look behind it. Cause from that look, you even get your safeties involved in run defense. Now, on, again, I'm not suggesting they would do that on every snap, but there's a part of me just in thinking through this game yeah. that thinks that that you could see that front, you know, on occasion. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think I, I... I've seen Kansas city dabble in that. So I think that's absolutely in the cards or the the realm of possibility. The one thing I would wonder about there, like when the Patriots did that, the Rams were a pure one back running offense. Correct. With with San Francisco, they do so much with use check, as you mentioned as two back sets and they bring the tight end from off the ball. You know, part of me feels like it's difficult to defend those gap scheme runs or those lead block runs if you only have one second level defender. Your answers for reacting to the changing gaps become a little more limited. Now, then it gets into how much do you want to include your safeties in the run defense equation. And, and yes, out of those quarters looks, they absolutely could be included. Um,
1: You bring up a great point. So the question becomes if, if, for instance, the uh, 49ers come out, you know, and then they line up and Juszczyk is split, and it's clearly a one back, eye back look with, with Purdy under center and McCaffrey, um, you know, as, as the eye back, you know, seven, eight yards behind him. Could they jump into that? Because now you don't have the lead block element. Maybe when Juszczyk is indeed in the backfield, offset. You know, or in a straight eye, or sometimes they'll bring Kittle in the backfield. Maybe they wouldn't want to line up in that uh, versus that formation. But if it's truly a one back set, which they do a lot of, by the way, um, you know, maybe it's something you might see in that regard. But your point's a really good one.
0: No, well, it's a, and so that – and your point's a great one, too. It raises the question, then, what are we going to determine as a truly split-for-use check? Because if he's at the wing position, he's basically lined up as a tight end, and I think their whole offense is in play there. I know I remember from scheming against San Francisco over the last few years, when he's detached from the formation in the slot or out wide, their pass tendencies are enormous. It's It's over 90%. So I would imagine then the discussion would become – Okay, if he's out wide, we're you know we're gonna play the pass, of course. But if he's in, let's say they're both it's use check and, and Kittle in the wing positions. Greg, what would be the response then? If you're the Chiefs, are you thinking we're playing the run still the whole way, or would that shift you to to pass defense? And maybe it's just strictly a a result of whatever the tendencies were this season from the Niners that Kansas City studied.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great question, and and you know I don't know that particular answer offhand. What they they they're going to do from every formation look everything of course is based on probability and tendency um but you do get a lot of multiple looks with the niners out of the 21 personnel package and of as course. you said because you have studied it i'm sure there are clear tendencies or meaningful tendencies you know nothing's 100 percent, but meaningful tendencies based on where use check lines up based on where kid lines up you know and those are things you want to be aware of that the question that goes then along with that is we know the Niners are a big motion team and yes. they could line up a certain way and then go in motion and change the formation look, uh, you know, seconds before the ball snapped. And the question becomes for Steve Spagnolo, how does he want to handle that? Does he want to stay how he's lined up or does he feel he needs to respond to that with some kind of adjustment? You can get caught up in over adjusting as you well know. So, because the Niners are not going to let, in my view anyway, and this doesn't mean their offense will be successful, we don't know that, but the Niners are not going to let Steve Spagnolo dictate how he lines up on every snap, you know, unless yeah. Spagnuolo wants to stay static, but he's not going to let him dictate how he lines up.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing up the motions to that use check tendency I mentioned that's when he motions out to wide which is almost always how he gets to it but your your point about the motions that's the tricky thing and with the Chiefs you know so many I'd love to know how Spagnolo sets his blitzes because I think a lot of what they do any and it feels like more and more every week it centers around edge blitzes McDuffie's become kind of the main guy there they'll bring a boundary corner on a blitz though blitzing someone with speed off the edge And I could see that being an effective early down tactic for them in this game as an extra means of stopping the run. The question then becomes, do you set your blitzes to the formation, which would make the most sense for your coverages probably? Or because of what you said with the motions and how the Niners will motion at the snap and they'll change the tempo of the motion, do you set your blitz to the field and to the boundary and hope that it has answers for whatever motions you might get? That's the challenge with offenses like San Francisco.
1: It's a great point, too. And you you brought up something that made me think back to when I did the book with Jaworski, the games that changed the game, and was studying the the Buddy Ryan defense, and they were very heavy on what they call blitz to formation, BTF. And you wonder if in this game, because the Niners are a high-tendency uh, reduced split offense uh, where the wide receivers, you know, in base personnel are are aligned tighter to the formation as opposed to split wide. So now you have your corners closer to the offensive formation, closer to the quarterback. Will Steve Spagnolo have it that that's an automatic blitz, you may know, or an automatic, and again, not every single time, but maybe they just have a quick check, you know, whatever they yell out—blue, red, you know, whatever it may be—and yeah. and all of a sudden they just blitz to formation because it's tight and because the corners are much closer to the quarterback or yeah. or the running back, you know, if it's if it's first and ten.
0: I'd almost guarantee you they have some of those BTFs based on those splits because their tendencies for blitzing against condensed formations or minus splits. I did a study on that early in the season. They blitz uh, uh, about half of their blitzes come against minus splits in certain scenarios. Now, what's w- with the Niners, though, because that's their foundation, you know, you wonder then you're not going to just base the blitz on a minus split because you're getting minus splits on 75% of the snaps on first and second down. So then I wonder if they would ever set the blitz to based on which receivers at which spot or something like that.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and- this is the the real chess match element of this game uh or on this side of the ball um because motion you know the niners as we know i think they're top 3 in the league and in, in uh, deployment of motion, you know, volume, and, and and they're going to do that. And it would not surprise me early in the game because one thing about Kyle Shanahan, and I think Andy reads the same way, is he wants to see – he's not thinking in terms of an individual play through his first couple of series. Obviously, you want plays to be successful. We know that. But he thinks in terms of let me see how the defense is going to react to what right. I'm showing them. And I think we'll right. see early in the game – multiple formations, because they're not necessarily a heavy personnel offense. It's not like they run out, you know, eight different personnel packages. You know, they're more about formation and motion. And he, I, my sense is you're going to see a lot of that early because he wants to see how Steve Spagnuolo is going to react to that. Is he going to make adjustments, um, reacting to 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 motions? Is he going to stay static? Um, is he going to, you know, move Leo Chennault on on the ball, depending on the look? You know, all these things factor in, and in their mind, they'll have an answer to it.
0: Well, and, you know, the more we're talking through this, Greg, I could easily see Kyle Shanahan just saying – you know, you know, screw it. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, because we're not going to let Spagnolo play on his terms. Right. If we're ahead of the down and distance. That's advantageous to us. The downside of running the ball is the clock moves. You know, I mean, that's not a downside, but like the, it, it's an added benefit. If we run the ball, Mahomes is not on the field. I could just see this being a game where San Francisco tries to impose their will on Kansas city. And Baltimore so didn't challenge Kansas city like that.
1: Yeah. The question, Andy, then becomes what kind of runs and out and, and of what form? I mean, yeah, running the ball, you know, and, and, and that's one of the things I think we talk about really well as we dive a little deeper, is what kind of runs? And is it going to be out of 21? Is it going to be at a, out of 11? You know, w- what are the personnel packages? What are the formation? Look, I'm not saying I know the answer to this. Yeah, I think yes, this is, of course. Yeah, this is well, to me such a critical part of this game because to me the 49ers have to be able to run the ball with some volume and some production. You know, to me and again I don't want to start throwing numbers out cuz games can you know change on a number of different things, but in the normal course of a game, you know, if McCaffrey goes 15 for 38, I would think they'd have a tough time really sustaining the kind of you know offense in the way they need to.
0: Yeah, no you make a great a great point. I'm looking up at some of these Run defense numbers, Kansas City's run defense against wide zone this year was very average, about 4.0 yards a carry. It's right right at the league average. This is on first and second down. And then the gap scheme runs that the Niners do, you know, Chiefs below average, 4.7 yards per run. Um, You know, I wonder, Greg, because I think, tell me if you see it this way, when San Francisco, really it's all these Shanahan type, the Dolphins are this way too, these Shanahan type offenses. I expect the Texans will do more of it. When they're really rolling, it's when they're attacking the edges quickly in the yes. ground game. And, and toss crack is probably the best example. When toss crack works, it looks like it's going to gain 20 yards every time, and you wonder, why don't they just do it every time? It's a well, beautiful play.
1: The, the other thing they do a ton of, and you know this, is they motion across the formation and get that immediate double on the widest defender on the line of scrimmage, and then one of those guys works up to the corner, um, and then um, – you know, that really expands the edge or it can, you know, or if that widest defender wants to break inside, they just wash him down. But the point is they get an immediate double. So there's no concern about the edge setter being a factor. Um, And they work obviously to the left a lot more than to the right. um, And and, uh, because of Trent Williams and Aaron Banks, but um, that's a foundational run for them. And you know, you mentioned the fact that the Chiefs' corners are physical corners, particularly in base. In base, it's Snead and McDuffie on the outside. They're both physical players, but they're not going to handle double teams by, let's say, you know, Juszczyk and, and, and Kittle or or whoever it may be. They're not going to handle those double teams.
0: No, and and and, and also on, on top of that, if you told Kyle Shanahan, hey, these guys are great T- these are the best tackling corners in the NFL. He'd say good for them. We're the, we're the best running offense of the, in the NFC over the last several years. We're not letting cornerbacks dictate our run game. We're we're, no glad we're one of the that, best tackling that, corners. Yeah,
1: that won't happen. I mean, could Snead and McDuffie made a couple, make a couple of plays? No question. They're both very good. But Kyle Shanahan is not game planning this game saying, I'm worried about what their corners are going to do.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So, basically, everything we've talked about so far has pertained to first and second down, which is kind of where these offenses thrive. And by the way, one other note, Greg, I think you'll appreciate this because I've been watching, tracking this Niner offense all season, and Cody swartz my research guy, has done an unbelievable job on them. And their twenty-one personnel package, when they displace some of these guys, in other words, if McCaffrey lines up wide or kills Great. in the field, if they're at their unlisted position. The, the yards per play by San Francisco is staggering. It's like they're the greatest offense of all time when they go 21 personnel and put guys in weird positions. We're talking eight and a half, nine yards per play sure. on first down. These are first down run or pass plays.
1: And by the way, that raises another question as to how Steve Spagnuolo will deal with the fact that very often McCaffrey and Samuel are somewhat interchangeable in terms of their alignments. You know, does he just – if, if – if, If McCaffrey's split and Samuel's an offset back, does he just say, okay, I don't care what the numbers are. They're just one guy's an offset back and one guy's split. Or does he feel like he has to do something specific to match that? You know, that's, again, these are wonderful variables. It's why when people, you know, I've been doing a lot of radio shows this week on Radio Row, you know, people say to me, what's the one thing in this game? And I'm saying, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Well, (laughs) just take
0: turnovers when they do that. Just tell them, protect the ball, turnovers. Um, Actually, you know, Kansas City's numbers when they lose a turnover battle are fantastic as well. That was another thing I researched there. I mean, they're almost better than teams that win the turnover battle sometimes. Um, but are, yeah, let's, let's, get
1: to, f- let's get to the f- longer yardage situations. Third down, longer yardage. Yeah, because you know, obviously, that's that's a whole different animal for the Chiefs' defense.
0: Yeah, and so let's 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 go to that then, because we've talked first and second down. When you get into third down and long, let's say it's third down and seven plus. If if the Niners have, let's say six snaps or more of third down and seven plus, can they win this game?
1: Well. I don't want to say, you know, answer that as a mathematical equation, as a yes or no. What you're really asking is how can the Niners attack and be successful if they're going to be in those situations? That's essentially what you're asking, because we don't know, you know, right. they, they could be
0: phenomenal. Yeah. We don't know Let's, that. Just try to be creative with the uh, with the way we're teeing it up. Brock Purdy versus Steve Spagnuolo in those corners and obvious past, in those blitz packages right. in obvious right. pass situations. Where does the mind go there then? Well.
1: My mind would would probably favor the Chiefs uh, in that regard. Um, You know, I'd be very concerned about the right side uh, of the 49ers offensive line and pass protection. And I think that what you would get is you would get Chris Jones lined up uh, over the the right guard, who would be, I assume, Feliciano. He's been playing Mm -hmm. right guard. And a large part of the time you'd get the center, center Brendel sliding that way so you know you'd have man to man on the other side and I think you'd get pressure concepts you'd get stunt concepts you get a lot versus the you know on the other side because you're they're not going to allow Chris Jones to work one on one against Feliciano because Feliciano is while well, he's been a pretty good run blocker he's not very good in pass protection and by the way neither is Colton McKevitz, by the way the right tackle so, you know, I think that that would be a starting point and a concern. And I think you'd see a lot of stunt concepts. You'd see pressure concepts. Um, you know, and one of the things I learned from from Steve Spagnolo when, when he, uh, I was fortunate to have him spend a lot of time with me at NFL Films the year that he was out was what he does in the secondary is really interesting behind his pressures. It looks like basic stuff. Like I remember when, you know, talk to him and saying, Hey, that's quarters, right? And he'd go, well, it looks like that, but it's really not. And the rules are different, you know, mm-hmm. and he's really, really good at that. And, you know, I, I, you know, Purdy has been very good in his short career at understanding intuitively coverages and late rotations and how the picture changes. But, you know, it's, it's still difficult and Spags may be as good as there is in the league at doing those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. Cause he'll change the picture dramatically, but subtly. It's not Correct. like Harrison Smith running 40 yards across the field and though know, the picture's changing. It's yeah, there's a nuance to it. He probably has, I, I wish I'd sat in on those meetings that you had with him. He's probably got 10 or 12 things that he can install in that regard. Um, you know, I wonder, another thing, if they bring these pressure packages, that's a way to keep McCaffrey in the protection and out of the receiving equation, perhaps.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct, because, you know, it, it's in those pressure schemes, it's going to be hard to block with five, I think. Again, we know that, that uh, Kyle Shanahan wants to get five out, and certainly he wants McCaffrey to be part of the passing game, but... We'll see, and, and Spags knows that too. I mean, I remember years ago, and, and you may remember this, but I remember years ago, Bill Belichick, when he played the uh, Indianapolis Colts when they had Edger and James, he would design pressures just to make James have to block. He didn't expect that, that player who, who occupied James to be able to beat him and sack Peyton Manning, but he did not want Edger and James to leave the backfield as a receiver because he was such a good receiver. So he wanted to occupy him. With his concepts, his pressure concepts and pass rush concepts, just for that reason. You know, yeah. you could almost see Spaggs doing something similar where, hey, I'm going to rush someone. He's probably not going to sack Purdy, but you know what?
0: McCaffrey's going to have to stay in a block. Well, yeah. and what's interesting, I mean, you think, okay, well, maybe just. Run McCaffrey out on a swing route or so, you know, something quick. Get the right. ball to him. Make a peeling defensive and have to run with him. But Kansas City's so good on those trap coverages out of those split safety looks. Yes, you want to be careful about throwing the ball quickly outside. And where they're amazing, this is why they're in the Super Bowl. I think you want to be careful with throwing the ball quickly inside because they'll drop blitzers or drop you know defensive linemen in yeah. blitz exchanges or drive the safety down. They are really good in these blitzes.
1: And I think that's something to look for really early in this game, Andy, because we know the foundation of the 49ers pass game is between the numbers, between the hashes, and it's all timing rhythm based. And Spags is going to know that. So, uh, you know, if if early in the game you see Purdy, you know, either, you know, hitting his back foot and holding the ball because he's not getting a clean picture or the flip side, if early in the game you see Purdy dropping back and playing with great timing and rhythm, you know. whichever way it goes would be an early indicator of how the game may play out.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. Last question I have for you. It's kind of a a change of direction back to first and second down, but it's the last game of the Niners this year. So I'm not going to get a chance to ask you. And I'm curious in the answer. If you're the chiefs and you could eliminate one guy from the game, it's either Samuel Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey, which guy would you want to eliminate if you're, if you're the chiefs?
1: Wow. Wow. Um you know, to me, I would say you'd want to eliminate McCaffrey because I think McCaffrey then puts the offense in third and longs, and any coach would would much prefer to be able to attack in third and longs because then Samuel just becomes another receiver. I mean, a really good one, but he's just another receiver. you know yeah no, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean he's really good, but you know then you're not going to see him in the backfield. You're not going to see him in all his multiple formation looks. He becomes a receiver in a three receiver set.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. My my answer would probably I'm just so haunted when when I was with the Rams. Every time a cat or anytime Samuel touched the ball your heart's in your throat. I'm just so Oh, and I'm not knocking... Hey, you understand my
1: answer. I'm thinking tactically. Samuel's a great player, and I didn't want my answer to come across as if Samuel's not important or not a great player, but I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of formation and tactics because if it's yeah. third and nine, they're going to line up in three wide, you know, yeah. with, with 11 personnel and... You know, they've got two really good receivers in in Samuel and Ayuk, and then they've got a a really solid number three in Jennings. But essentially, you get pretty basic formation looks that you are are very comfortable in playing against within the structure of your defense.
0: Yeah. No, and I guess my my counter to – not a counter because I think it's an excellent point, and I don't disagree with any of it. What scares me about Samuel is he's the one guy in the 90s who I feel like can consistently win – even when the defense has won tactically. If I would I agree with Samuel, that. I feel like I can scheme it up. I'm confident in my guys. Samuel will run right through tacklers, and, and you can do it right schematically and, and lose in a big way to him, and that's that's what scares me so badly about him.
1: Well, let me ask you a question before we move on to the other side of the ball. Who do you think, because um, Spags will play man, and he matches people up. Who do you think he would look to match Snead up, Again, Samuel or Ayuk? I
0: think he'll match Snead against Ayuk. So do I. So do yeah. I. Yes. Because Ayuk, tell me what your reasoning would be. Ayuk, Ayuk's the deep intermediate guy. In the, Ayuk's the pure receiver. And if you can just, I think it's just a more consistent way to travel Snead. I, I couldn't agree. I, I,
1: I don't need to add anything to what you just said because I agree a thousand percent. That was my thought exactly.
0: Let's go other side of the ball then. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense against the 49ers defense. Uh, You want to start – where do you want to go? you want to go early downs again since we just did that? Yeah, let's
1: start early downs because one of the things I think that a lot of people don't realize is with the Chiefs sort of increase playing with three tight ends, particularly on early downs, not a lot of teams practice against three tight ends. And that's something that the Niners are really going to have to spend a lot of time with leading up to this game. Now, granted, they have the extra week. But, you know, you get a lot of different f- looks from three tight ends. You know, you can get a four man surface, a five man surface. And just so people understand what that means, it's the number of players tight to the formation to one side of the center. So, you know, you don't practice a lot against those kinds of things. And you have to have an approach to that. And they're going to see that from the uh, Chiefs. And, you know, I think that's something that they're going to have to be able to respond to at, in a in a meaningful way.
0: How do you think they'll line up against, I'm going to pull up the data while you're talking about it, but how, how would you guess what personnel package are they putting on the field against those 13 personnel? There's two, multiple, let's go to the three tight end sets. to start with that one.
1: Well, I assume it would be their base 4-3. I mean, you know, with, with Burks as the third linebacker. Um, you know, that's that's what they do in their base, uh, you know, and then it comes down to if they're going to play against those, uh, those kinds of offensive looks, um, you know, the four-man surface, the five-man surface, what the front's going to look like.
0: Yeah. You don't think they'd go nickel on any of it?
1: Against three tight ends?
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, one of them is the best receiving tight end of all time. Possibly. I mean, I,
1: I – I don't know the answer to that. I'd be surprised, um, but they could do that. Um, you know, the other factor is too. They the Chiefs also can line up and, and split the formation and spread the formation out of two tight ends and three tight ends. They are not beholden. You know, these are even Noah Gray. Obviously, he's not Travis Kelsey, but Noah Gray. He can also split out and detach from the formation. He is. He's a. He's a more than functional athlete as a tight
0: end running routes. Absolutely. So Kansas City faced this season, it looked like they, or San Francisco, rather, 49ers this season faced 21 snaps of 13 personnel. These are on normal down and this is normal first and second downs. It's not goal line or anything like that. Okay, good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they played base out of 21 of those snaps. They played base on 21 of them. So there you go. That's their answer. Unless they, unless they've used the second week to change something up. Right.
1: Right. Which, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, And the Chiefs have really kind of evolved into that, playing out of 12 and 13 personnel. If, if memory serves me correctly, against the Ravens, they were close to 60% playing out of multiple tight end personnel sets.
0: Interesting. I wonder if that's a little bit because you want to keep Baltimore in their base just to limit their menu sometimes.
1: And the Niners are not quite that kind of defense, as you know. Right. I mean, they're
0: not, you know, so you could be,
1: I mean, that's a great point you just made. I mean, Baltimore was a different kind of defense that did more tactically and schematically. Um, the 49ers are not necessarily like that.
0: So, if can Kansas City, do you think, when, and, and don't, oh, no, let's not be overly literal here on the number and the yards and all that, but just let's say. Twenty carries for ninety five yards, if they're over that or under that. If if they're less than ninety five yards rushing, give or take on twenty carries, are they you know, can they win this game doing it that way? Do they have to run the ball effectively to to win the game this week, I guess is what I'm asking?
1: And that's the question I've been agonizing over because even though Mahomes did not have what we normally consider a Mahomes year, um, for many reasons, you know, their tackles weren't solid, their receiving core was, you know, not what you'd want it to be. There's many different reasons. I think Mahomes even would probably have to admit he didn't play his best. You know, it was, there were a lot of reasons, um, but you still sort of, or I, I do any way feel that Mahomes can be great any given game,
0: Oh, you know? So, yeah.
1: so, you know, I just, I just think you have to be careful about that because, you know, do they, Look, we, we know the Chiefs have clearly evolved into running the football with Pacheco being a major factor, okay? And he is a really good sustaining runner. Uh, you know, he's he's an urgent downhill runner. I think you'll see them run gap scheme where they pull the guard. I think you'll see them run pin-pull to try to get him on the perimeter. You know, get him running with velocity. That's where he starts generating a lot of his power and strength and is very difficult to tackle. So I think that he will be a key factor, but I don't I don't want to... I don't want to put it to the point where, oh, if they don't dominate with the run game, they can't win the game because, you know, Mahomes can still be Mahomes. And I think there's some matchups in the secondary, even though the Chiefs don't necessarily have, you know, what you'd call top line receivers. I think they're going to feel that they can attack uh when they're in base, that they can attack the Amador Lamore, And when they're, when the uh, 49ers are a nickel, I feel they'll, they'll think they can attack Lenore inside and Ambry Thomas outside. So, uh, you know, I don't think it has to be, Hey, let's just run the football. And that's the way we, we have to play.
0: Yeah. You know, and watching their film in the playoffs and especially the Buffalo game, I felt myself thinking like this, Holy crap. The chiefs have like, they look like the chiefs again on offense. Like They've got this, You know, they got it figured out just in time. They're playing on schedule. They're making plays on third and long here and there. They look like they're really clicking on all cylinders right now offensively.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I love your take on the second half against Baltimore. Um, Not because they didn't put up a lot of yards, but, but their approach. Because until that Valdez scaling a 32-yarder that that sealed the win, they'd only had 66 yards of total offense against Baltimore in the second half. I mean, did you feel that they went conservative? Did you feel that they just couldn't get what they wanted to get done against that defense? What did you think the reason was that their offense was really not productive at all?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, I think we need to remind ourselves how good Baltimore was. They had a disappointing end of the season. Um, but you know defense is like that and and it felt like you know John Harbaugh said something interesting and I I don't normally put unless it's Dan Campbell talking at halftime I don't put much stock into what the coach says in those interviews coming on and off the field but you know he he made the point like we we kind of got comfortable with what we're seeing with them or we got the feel for them once we played a few right, series right. and I you know I wonder if just that you know that kind of thing right there is enough
1: yeah, and I mean, and I think both Andy and Kyle Shanahan uh, in the same way will have some tweaks to what they do, some, some, I don't want to say trick plays, but there might be that as well. But I think, you know, with two weeks, there'll be some tweaks, there'll be some different looks. But, you know, you and I both know that the Chiefs passing game this year has certainly not been as explosive as in years past. Um, they're a very condensed passing game. Um, you know, Mahomes has really played, Very, very efficiently, not forcing throws. He hasn't thrown an interception, I think, in six games, give or take. Um, You know, I don't want to say – You know, this is the term that, you know, people, you know, go crazy about. But, you know, he's managing games within the context of what the rest of his team is and how the games, those specific games are playing out. And I think that, you know, that's something that who knows if he would have done that three years ago when he would have wanted to push it down the field. But they also had Tyree Kill then, you know, they had different players. So, you know, uh,
0: I'm really go ahead. No, I didn't mean it, but it feels like Mahomes has become a more mature quarterback with every passing year of his career. I, I agree a thousand
1: percent, and, and you know, look, numbers are great, but that's not the be-all and end-all, and I think Mahomes has really settled in to to playing each game in the way that the game demands. Yes. Yeah, so he doesn't need to throw for 380 yards and four touchdowns. Now, could he do that? Sure he could, and he may. You know, that's the thing. We don't know when he's that good, but... He, he's, he, he's, I don't want, we don't know what's in his head, but clearly he didn't play this year as if, Hey, I better go out and throw for 400 every week.
0: Well, remember when they played, not that these teams are the same. I can't, I was shocked to see there's only 12 players remaining from the original Super Bowl matchup of these teams a few years ago. Uh, but in that game, remember Mahomes was not effective for the first two and a half, three quarters. He was not. Game.
1: He threw he two kicks make-
0: and yeah.
1: And one was bad. Um, The other was, uh, uh, I remember, just behind Hill, if I recall. But one was bad. Um, You know, until that third and long completion to Tyreek Hill, which kind of changed the game, I I know you remember that play, Mahomes and the offense as a whole was not very good.
0: Yeah. I remember, actually, that that other interception, the one behind Hill, there was a rover or a robber coming down fast and hard, and Mahomes I think was trying to throttle Hill down and probably overdid the throttle down a bit. And Hill was a right touch to see it. And, you know, I, little things make one big interception there.
1: Yeah. I remember that. I remember that a hundred percent. But uh, we'll see. I mean, that's the thing, you know, it, it, Mahomes is still Mahomes, and you just don't know. Obviously, that's not the way this year played out for them offensively. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. You could check it, but my guess is they were down in terms of, of, of quote-unquote, big explosive pass plays. Maybe they weren't, but it felt like that watching the tape. Um, And they certainly, you know, didn't push it down the field the way they
0: they have in recent years. No, and his downfield, and I don't have the specific numbers, but I saw him a couple weeks ago Was sent to me, his downfield passing numbers were were bad by league standards right. i mean they were bad throwing downfield this past season right now having said that, it, is there a defensive coach in the world that feels good when they see mahomes let go of the ball and launch a ball 40 45 yards you're you're still holding your breath no matter who you are on defense and and
1: is there a defensive coach in the world and this includes steve wilks playing this sunday that's going to say oh it's no problem if he drops back and throws it down the field that's fine we're good
0: there's no coach who's going to say that. No, you want to contain him. You know what's really <laughs> impressive with these teams? I mean, for one, I think San Francisco's four out of five NFC Championship games now. If I'm not mistaken, is that accurate? Is I, that- I
1: think that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, do the last three for sure. Yeah, four out of five because they went to the Super Bowl in 2019, um, and then the Chiefs four out of five Super Bowl appearances. So these teams have been in the final four pretty much every year for half a decade now and I know they are they're both here doing it different ways recently we've seen the chiefs become a defensive team a little bit the niners now having these come from behind wins where they pass only for long stretches of the game i would imagine especially the niners and not because they put the graphic up about the comeback numbers with shanahan i don't I, i'm sure he doesn't love that but you know he he can see beyond he can see the forest from the trees on that one But I bet he just feels a lot more comfortable knowing his team and seeing his team having won games like that the last two weeks. Oh, without
1: question. I mean, I think you feel a lot more comfortable now for sure. Um, But, you know, obviously you don't want to be in that situation. Uh, I I guess what I've tried to figure out in this game, is there any scenario in which you could see one team all of a sudden being ahead 17-3 in the second quarter? I mean, without you know special teams touchdowns or, or fumbles or
0: you know just through the
1: normal course of the game.
0: Well, I mean, does a does a like a defense a big defensive turnover count? Because I could see, you know, that I would think that would have to be part of the equation. Or are you just saying yeah, maybe comes out hot?
1: Right, maybe. Maybe that would count because that, that would be built into schematics. Like, for instance, if the Chiefs had a great pressure and they forced a fumble, or if they forced you know a, an undefined hurried throw by Purdy that was picked, that, that's in the normal scheme of, of the, how they're playing
0: the game. I have a – that's a hard one for me to forecast and see because I can easily – I can picture George Karlaftis getting a sack fumble. I can picture Nick Bosa doing that. I can see tip ball interceptions. I mean, I, I feel like I'm just guessing – Right, we're uh, just guessing. I could I could much sooner see this being one of those games that's like uh, where it's a low scoring offensive shootout if you will. Where the drives take it's all 12 play drives so the game's artificially low scoring. It's 14 to 10 at half, but each team's had the ball like three times at a total. Right. I could right. see it being one of those games.
1: Yeah. I could see that too. I mean, I doubt either you or I think this is going to be a 38-35 game. Um, but you know I guess that's why they play them. But I'd be surprised uh, if it turned out that way. Although, there's a part of me, and, you know, again, we've, we've talked about the Chiefs receivers all year. A lot of people have, saying they're not very good. But I, I, something tells me they're going to be able to throw the football against the Niners. And when I say throw it, I'm not sitting here saying Mahomes is going to throw for 400. But uh, somehow I think they're going to be able to make some plays in the pass game.
0: Well, that's interesting. Can they, they... – can they do that if they don't block it up exceptionally well?
1: Well, that's a great point because we didn't even mention, obviously, Nick Bosa is going to be matched both against Donovan Smith, the left tackle, and Jawan Taylor, the right tackle. Neither one has been particularly good in one-on-one pass protection. How's Andy Reid going to handle that? Um, he may rely on Mahomes to be the guy that that, in a sense, beats pressure if pressure comes. You know, it, and and when I say pressure, I don't mean blitz. The Niners are not a heavy blitz team, but you know, if Bosa wins, whoever wins, you know, he may feel that hey, Mahomes can move. Mahomes can then go beyond the X's and O's. He can make the off-script plays.
0: Yeah. Okay, Greg. I would never ask you who will win this game, but I'm curious. All these radio interviews you've done, I have a feeling they've all ended with someone asking you who would win the game. And you know what my answer has been, Andy?
1: What's that? I had to do that in my NFL matchup show, which doesn't air until Saturday morning. So we're teasing that. I'm not going to give you the answer. You're going to have to watch the matchup show to find out.
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I'll watch a match. If you if tell me there's a, a version of the matchup show where you're picking games in it, I would watch. That's just a where well, We just
1: yeah. – we picked the Super Bowl, obviously, because there's only two teams left. So I did have to pick, um, but uh, we're going to tease that. We're going to make you people have to watch the show.
0: I love it. Tell them, when, tell them when and where they watch it then. Well,
1: yeah, I'm not sure of the times because we're at the mercy of ESPN. But for those that still have cable or, or however they can find it, you know, press the blue button or do whatever, just say NFL matchup, and it will
0: come up. Awesome. And it's the best, it's the best, and I'm saying this, I'll say it for you. You don't, you don't need, I know you know it. You don't need to say it. It's the best football show on TV by a very wide margin. And it has been for a very long time.
1: And I appreciate that. We, we take pride in at least trying to do it the right way.
0: Yeah. Well, good. Well, Greg, this has been fun. I always enjoy talking football with you next time we do this. We'll continue to do behind the screen, I'm sure, but uh, maybe I'll see you here in Vegas in the next few days and certainly see you in a couple weeks at the combine. Oh, that's right. The combine's getting close, Andy. Yeah, no, the so next season's going to start in just a second here, Greg.
1: I know, I know, and I'm sure you'll be going to Brazil for the Eagles game, right? Oh my goodness, I did
0: You know, actually, and I know this different show, different time. I didn't think they were allowed to play on Friday nights that time of year. I'm wondering how well, they got the game. Yeah, I don't. Know. They're obviously doing it though. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah, good. So. Good for them. Bring in more fans. That's good for people like us. We want clicks. We want eyeballs on the matchup show. Yeah. So, anyone you can bring in. All right. For my friend Greg Cosell from NFL Films, I'm Andy Benoit. This has been Behind the Screen Podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and enjoy the Super Bowl.